Happy Valentine's Day. It is Anwar here on the Fuse 984. Good morning. Let me know how you're doing, Capital Fan Fanatics. I can already see you checking in with your questions. I love to see it. We're talking all about sexual health, especially due to the fact that it is Sexual Health Week. Uh, it takes place from February 12th to the 16th. We all have sexual health, by the way. And it's just like our physical health and mental health. Sexual health is important. It's an important aspect for our overall well-being. It's connected to more than just pregnancy or sexually transmitted infections. It's also about our bodies, consent, social relationships, pleasure, and so much more. There's almost no limit to who can participate in sharing sexual health support in our community. And this conversation is a growing conversation in the African community. So I thought, why not get the best of the best to make sure that you get the right information? I am joined in studio with Dr. Estella Waiguru, who is a SRH program manager and division of reproductive and maternal health ministry of health and even kennedy wakali who is srh specialist family and reproductive health for amrith health africa in kenya good morning how are you doing good morning good morning maybe you can individually tell me a bit more about what you do when it comes to the srh community and and conversation thank you so much uh, my name is estella and uh, we are at the ministry and what we are concerned for at the ministry is ensuring that we have the right policies in place, ensuring that we have medical personnel who are trained in the different aspects, particularly now discussing sexual reproductive health, and going forward to technically assist any, um, say for example, counties which may need uh, any assistance in this regard. And so this is what we are majorly involved with and we work with stakeholders, including young people. Mm-hmm. And Kennedy, how is AMRF involved and maybe what are some of the strategies are being implemented? Uh, th- thank you for having us here. So AMRF Health Africa uh, supports uh, sexual reproductive health interventions in Kenya, working closely with the Ministry of Health and the County Departments of Health, just to strengthen the health system to be very responsive towards ensuring that there is access for services and also in terms of demand creation at the community level. Yeah. Um, I want to ask b- both of you, I feel when I'm in Kenya, th- there seems to be a shy away from the conversation on sexual health. People, parents seem to be scared. How can parents have an honest and open conversation? Because it's unavoidable uh, with their children and maybe their teens about sexual health and reproductive health. Mm, thank you for that question. Because uh, matters of sexual reproductive health, we would broadly discuss reproductive health, not only sexual health, because it's just part of reproductive health. So what people are shying, which I believe, shying from is discussing matters, um, sexuality, sex, and issues like that with their children who involve even their adolescents. So when we are discussing as parents with the children, we have to be made, first of all, very aware of what we are discussing. I think part of the reason why there is a lot of shyness is because people don't know what to say. I mean, what do I tell you? Is it the birds and the bees? How do I approach it? So in that, you have to remember there's something on age appropriateness. There's something on cultural sensitivity. So all these things have been considered by the government and policies are put in place and are going to be put in place towards helping the parents, the guardians, and the persons responsible of our young people to discuss on SRH issues, including teachers 
uh, in the schools at all levels, primary, tertiary, and even secondary. And what, what would you say is the right age to have the conversation? Because I know at home we had it at 10 years old, at school we had it around the same age mm. um, as well, understanding anatomy more than just in a sexual way, just mm. understanding how the body functions. Mm. What, what would you say is the right age to have this conversation for both male and females? I would say we should start as early as possible. And please remember, just like you've pointed out, it's discussing matters of the body of the male and the female. So as early as the child can understand five years, don't touch, you, you know, have you heard there's a mm -hmm. song going around, don't touch, don't touch, there are places you don't touch, you should wear clothes, and this is how the clothes should look like. Such conversations have been uh, thoroughly considered, especially with the brain development. So sometimes we look at the brain development of, say, for example, adolescents, and think because they are physically mature or look mature, that their brain is at the stage of understanding. And I would want to therefore say, with the guidance of the policies that are in play, we hope to be able to guide all persons who are in charge of children uh, from whichever age to be able to give the right information at the right time. And that's exactly what we're doing right here on the Fuse 984. It's all about the right information as it is sexual awareness, the sexual health awareness week uh, happening from the 12th to the 16th of February. Do send in your questions. If you're feeling a little nervous, it's okay. This is the perfect time to get the right answers from the professionals. You can do that on 0701-984-984 and the Fuse 984. It is a sexual and reproductive health awareness week right here, not just on the Fuse 984, but in the world in general. And listen up, Buttercup. Look, we live in an information age, and of course, all information, not all information, is accessible, useful, or even true. So this is why it's important to have the right information for you and your family and yourself in general to make sure that you are taking care of your mind and your body and your soul as well. So this is why I'm joined in studio with Dr. Estella Waiguru, who of course is the SRH uh, Programs Manager, Division of Reproductive and Maternal Health in the Ministry of Health, and Kennedy Wakoli, who is of course, the SRH specialist, family and reproductive health for Amrith Health Africa in Kenya. I wanted to know from you, Kennedy, um, real quick, when it comes to the age of the internet and misinformation and so much information, um, how do you tackle such a conversation when it comes to sexual health, sexual reproductive health? Because we, we're growing rapidly now. The youth are growing at a rapid pace. So how do we address such a conversation? Um, uh, thank you for this question. I think it's important to know that uh, uh, as a child grows, as you move from being a child to being an adolescent to being a young person, definitely now an adult, and as you grow older, there are those physiological changes that happen in a human body. And these changes can be influenced by societal factors and uh, other factors that are related to where the child or the young person is growing in. So it's important to look at these influencers and look at how they influence in someone's growth into understanding that growth plate and helping them make the right decisions regarding their reproductive health. Yeah. Well, um, if our parents weren't having this conversation at home, maybe when they were growing up, and then now they've jumped like five steps forward and their kid is on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn or, you know, they're just everywhere right now. It's, it's a bombardment of information. What are the what what interventions can parents put in place in their own homes to make sure that their kids aren't bombarded with sexual explicit content and maybe getting to know their body before they should? Uh, sure. So if I get you right, is that uh, you bring in an, an attention that there's um, a lot of uh, digital content that is exposing uh, adolescent and young people to getting information that may not be 
uh, age appropriate uh, or age uh, or culturally sensitive to to their growth. So to uh, address this, I think it's important for parents, first of all, to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with their children that as they grow, they need to understand that there are those I remember growing up, there are those things that culturally you are told that is not good for you. You better concentrate on this, which is good for you, like education. Once you finish education, then now, you know, those those things that are happen during uh, those ages. But I know as years go by, there's that transformation and digital uh, technology has come in to uh, expose everyone to get information. So getting the right digital content, and that's one now where the government comes in. How can you control the digital content that is being shared? through our various audiences in the digital media space and how can that digital uh, content be controlled or regulated in a manner that parents are able to share good uh, or even if you expose your child to uh, 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 tools of, of, of trade, what is this that needs to be, um, uh, to be reviewed by your child when they are handling your phones or when they are in the TV? What is this content that is uh, applicable for that uh, child that you are that you have in your home, yeah. So it's also important that we should be aware of what our children are watching, so that even as a parent, as you're with your children, create time. I think we have distance. Parents have distanced themselves from their children, and this has uh, brought in a gap where now children are not able to be sort of supervised or guided, if that's the better word to use guided to what are the good content that you should be watching as a child. So it's also important for parents to create and be intentional in creating more time with their children and be active, uh, 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 providing active parenting in their, in their lives. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But we have other digital contents that are already out there that are rightful for children to look at that parents can be given uh, information on so that even as they interact with children, they can... Uh, <coughs> intentionally guide them on the content that they need to listen to to review it because you can't run away from media or you can't run away from technology technology is here to stay with us but how can we use that technology to hasten and enhance better health for our children as they grow through the uh, adulthood and up to even when they are released from our home states Fantastic. Okay. Please keep sending in your questions on the Fuse 94. We're going to be getting into them in just a bit. We're also going to be getting into Amref and their strategy and even intervention programs. They have revamped it. I'm very curious about that. Of course, we're also going to be talking about the challenges uh, when it comes to the Ministry of Health, when it comes to talking all about Sexual Health Reproductive Week, which is happening as we speak. Let's get the news and then back to the Fuse. It is Sexual Health Reproductive Health as well, Awareness Week, and we're giving you all the right information happening from the 12th to the 16th of February. I love the right information because you might be feeling a little shy to ask this in your own environment, but what you can do is send in all your questions. Nothing is off limits. Send that on 0701-984-984 because I am joined in the studio with Dr. Stella Weruguru and Kennedy Wakali, who's giving us the right information right here on the Fuse 984. Can I start with what does um, SRH really entail? What is it about? Is it just about sexual health and reproductive health or what goes behind it yeah uh, so sexual reproductive health is a wide range of services uh, that are provided for uh, persons so it's part of the wider reproductive health and sexual reproductive health does not just include issues of sexuality but also includes issues of maternal health um, HIV STIs yeah issues of uh, HPV human uh, uh, HPV and uh, rollout and prevention strategies it also includes uh, issues of uh, gender-based violence, right? And then it also includes the issues of um, 
behavioral change and communication, particularly on harmful traditional practices yeah, within our communities. Right. Um, I want to just talk about um, HPV real quick because when I was in high school, we we all ha all the girls were taken to get a HPV um, booster or injection. Um, but then when I talked to some of my cousins, they were told that they couldn't get one because it was going to incite them to have sex in general. So I wanted to know from you: um, sh what should be should we be getting the HPV vaccine um, as teenagers before we're sexually active, or um, is it being practiced right now in schools? What what should be the program for that? Thank you so much because um, this is a subject of um, great interest for the government. Well, the HPV vaccine is being introduced because uh, the consequences of not getting the HPV vaccine may be uh, may may cause such serious morbidity illness in uh, in an individual, say the the woman. So we are talking um, cervical cancer, which is the one we are preventing with HPV amongst other conditions. Cervical cancer is one of the biggest uh, cancers for women in this nation. And so when you see the government intervention of providing human papilloma virus vaccine, it is because there is an issue of public concern uh, regarding uh, cervical cancer. So when uh, every vaccine is supposed to help the bigger population, and that is what HPV vaccine is supposed to help us with. Now, in connection with the sexual reproductive health and uh, sexual uh, getting sexual earlier, uh, my take on this is this. With the right information, we will be able to understand what HPV is, and it is a vaccine to prevent illness in the future. It has little um, connection with... Uh, changing someone's behavior towards prone, you know, proneness to sexuality. And um, with this regard, I would want to caution us to say that um, uh, the question on uh, age-appropriate uh, uh, conversation on reproductive health information is very important for all of us to understand. So when this child, girl, is getting the HPV vaccine, let them be informed, let them be taught, let them be exposed to what is coming um, as a prevention for HPV vaccine once they receive the HPV vaccine. Because you won't be uh, protected from other STIs. You won't be protected from, uh, say for example, unplanned pregnancy, no. This is an issue directly related to a morbidity that may arise in the future were this person to be left without the HPV vaccine. So. Uh, with great um, appreciation of where we are coming from, we've made significant steps and mileage towards accepting HPV. But we have a long way to go. And I pray as, uh, as uh, people, stakeholders in our own health, we would come together, hold hands, non-governmental organizations, governmental org organizations, schools, uh, different ministries, to uh, lobby together for uh, issues of such importance as the HPV vaccine. Mm -hmm. Yes. And Kelly, you had also mentioned cultural practices, and then it got me thinking about FGM. Uh, and I've seen that Amref Health Africa does a lot of work with you know giving the right information on on FGM as well. Yeah. Maybe you can tell us some of the interventions and strategies uh, you're setting in place to educate the people as to why this cultural practice is more damaging than yeah. than beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Amref Health Africa has. Uh, number of uh, programs addressing harmful traditional practices in the country 
and not just FGM. But how we do this is that we collaborate with communities and cultural leaders uh, to raise awareness about the harmful effects of these practices. And these practices, as you rightly mentioned, include uh, FGM. We have also child marriages, and then we also issues of sun preference, which is still not being mentioned, but it's out there. Then we also provide alternative rites of passage and ceremonies that celebrate girls to transition to womanhood, yeah, without harmfully affecting these young girls. Then uh, lastly, we also empower women and girls to assert their rights and refuse participation into these harmful uh, uh, traditions. And uh, of course, we work with other law enforcers just to strengthen the enforcement of laws and policies that prohibit these practices. And uh, lastly, we also support the survivors who have undergone some of these uh, practices just to, uh, in terms of mental health, psychosocial uh, support, and also in terms of reintegration of these survivors back into the communities. That's amazing. And just about that, by the way, we're going to be talking all about the positive impact uh, and the, uh, for education and the future that it has, the impact it has in our future, not just in Kenya, but in Africa in general. But I do want to know from you, Dr. Stella, real quick, uh, what are some of the challenges you've seen when it comes to discussing SRH? Well, apart from the cultural uh, challenges that we've just discussed, one of the biggest challenges right now in uh, interventions being uh, appropriately implemented is education and the level of education for that matter. I'm not talking masters, I'm talking basic level, primary level education, secondary level. And what statistics are showing us is that the higher you go on the education uh, level up to secondary school, the greater your understanding is on matters reproductive health. So a big uh, challenge for us as a ministry and as the government is to get uh, our young people and everyone really uh, into the education system to get the appropriate education so that it can help us uh, work together towards um, improving matters, uh, sexual reproductive health. Other challenges that we've come across are like um, you see, uh, when you're talking reproductive health, we have to have the appropriate information. And it's what you're talking about, the digital space being so wide and exposing our young people to more than what they can comprehend at the appropriate age. So what we are, um, as a government, vouching for is age-appropriate information. And what children are being able to get in school is significantly appropriate for them. And we, as we are growing day by day, we are continuing to improve and come up with policies that are going to help us uh, reach the young people wherever they are. It is important also for us to uh, talk about issues of um, uh, unplanned pregnancies, which may be in every age from adolescent age into youth, and even above into adulthood. Please remember that uh, matters sexual reproductive health don't end when you get married or when you get a partner, you understand? You have to understand that through your marriage life or through the life, your uh, reproductive health life, you need information. So when you are actually, let's say, planning to get a child, it is important that it is very conscious in your mind to get the child at the time you would like to get the child. And to assist you to get to that position, you need family health 
family planning advice. And this you can get from health facilities and health workers across the country. So one of the challenges is issues regarding family planning that are uh, bringing uh, us an issue of unplanned uh, pregnancies, which are difficult uh, moving forward to work on and situations that are making families greatly dis distressed, even economically. Mm. Then you have to talk about issues of um, maternal health. Uh, when a mother is getting um, children uh, at a very close, you know, um, the distance between one child and the other is very close. You are putting the risk, uh, the, the health of the mother and the child at risk. And also the family, because economically it has implications. So all these challenges, there are quite a number, but all these challenges are all related with matters reproductive health. And my prayer is that as media, we would continue, thank you so much for this opportunity, but as we continue to engage one with another, government, non-governmental organizations, and the media, we would churn out the right information to people to be able to be aware where to get this information from, where the youth-friendly services are, where they can go, and where they can be assisted. Yeah, thank you so much for the right information. Please keep sending in your questions as well on the Fuse 984. I have a thousand questions running through my head. I'm going to ask them behind the scenes and you'll check them out on our social media platform as well. For now, let's get back into the music. That's right, it is Capsule FM, your best mix of music. Good morning, well, good afternoon, I guess, to you, Kuri, all the way in the United States, saying having a conversation on air you never expected in Kenya. Of course, because it's Sexual Health and Reproductive Health Awareness Week happening from the 12th to the 16th of February. And of course, it has to give you the right information. Dr. Estella Waiguru and of course Kennedy Wakole as well have been helping us understand it a whole lot more. Let's talk about stigma. Stigma in mental illness and mental health has been such a detriment to the conversation going forward. What is it like when it comes to sexual reproductive health? Uh, what's, what's, how does stigma affect the conversation? Mm, good question. I think uh, when we're talking about stigma with matters, reproductive health, one of the biggest issues that we still are grappling with as a nation is matters that uh, discuss HIV and AIDS and the surroundings of what the implications are for the person and for the family. So the stigma around HIV AIDS may be propagating what we may call a situation that disallows for uh, a person who is living with HIV and AIDS to live healthily. So one of the biggest issues that's uh, driving us towards uh, stigma may be information. We don't have enough information out there that is appropriate that people can use to help them distinguish between what is myth and what is truth. The other place that stigma really resides in issues is in issues of unplanned pregnancy, especially for young uh, girls. So we have now, uh, as government, a position where the children who may find themselves in situation of unplanned pregnancy uh, would be uh, integrated in the community and allowed to progress. With. There's so much to discuss on this. Actually, my head is aching just <laughs> thinking about it because not only are those issues of unplanned pregnancy there, but you find that when the child, anyone below the age of 18, is getting themselves in an unplanned pregnancy situation, it is a legal dilemma because 
uh, constitutionally and in the law, this is inappropriate. And this should be called defilement. But now we have to discuss the boy child. Where is the boy child? And how are they engaged with matters, uh, stigma and unplanned pregnancy? So there is a lot there. And I wish you can call me again to discuss just that. So there's a lot of stigma there. There's a lot of stigma on matters uh, HIV and AIDS. There's also a lot of stigma with um, issues such as um, when we are talking cultural issues and sensitivity, FGM and the like. Uh, there are cultures where you will be stigmatized for not having gone through those cultural issues like uh, FGM. We have a lot of misconceptions also around sexual transmitted illnesses, how you get them, how you treat them, and issues also about confidentiality. In small uh, societies and small villages, the word may spread around and issues just go um, out of control. But there are interventions that are helpful to all of us uh, with regards to STIs, with regards to unplanned pregnancy. What are the options? How can this person go back to school with regard to the health of the boy child mentally, uh, even on regards to reproductive health? How can we intervene for them with regards to HIV and AIDS? There's a way for us to be able to live positively, even with HIV, and AIDS. Um, something else I've noticed a big stigma and myth is that persons of disability don't have intimacy or, you know, uh, don't need to have a conversation on sexual reproductive health. And that's a lie. That's not true at all. Um, how does the conversation uh, impact those persons of disability when it comes to sexual reproductive health? Mm, Pandora, you've just opened a Pandora's box because uh, persons of disability are vulnerable persons in our community. And we need to especially be careful to care for persons with disability appropriately. And even when it comes to not only in the society, but also in the health facilities, we have found a need to include even training of health workers with regards to um, making the situation of health provision comfortable for persons with disability, be, uh, difficulty to hear, um, difficulty to see, difficulty to move, all these puzzles are very welcome in our health facilities and we are looking for ways in which to uh, attract them even more uh, into our health facilities. The stigma in society regarding uh, persons with disability, well, I would say is, uh, is uncalled for and should not be propagated in any way, shape or form. Right. And I wanted to know from you, Kennedy, um, what are the strategies that Amrith Health Kenya are setting in place as well um, to tackle the conversation on sexual reproductive health? Yeah, uh, thank you. Thank you for that question. So Amrith Health Africa has uh, put in interventions that are geared towards uh, ensuring that our new strategy is in uh, motion. So we have a new strategy that uh, focuses on lasting change in Africa which is driven by a mission of transforming our health through primary, uh, the health of our communities through primary health care. And as we do that, our focus is on women and young people. So this strategy has been developed with, um, with the experience from the 60 years of work that uh, AMRIF has uh, been of in existence. Uh, in this uh, strategy, we have uh, focused on primary health care through two strategic pillars. One is through our people-centered health systems, 
and the second one is through the social determinants of health. As you've, uh, as Dr. Estella was making her point, you realize that she mentioned a few things, issues of education, yeah, which is one of the key social determinants of health when you want to address even issues of sexual and reproductive health. But you have the bigger uh, social uh, determinants of health that directly or indirectly affect health. For example, issues of um, yeah, issues of uh, livelihoods, which now determine how a woman's uh, is able to seek services. Are they economically empowered? Then issues of uh, resilience, issues of climate crisis, which is now an, uh, an, a new agenda that is shaping the health systems. So how do we shape this within the strategy to advance our sexual reproductive health uh, moving forward? So we intend to increase awareness and advocacy around SRH. And here we work directly with the uh, government to ensure that we have the right policies that have been formulated through community participation, ensuring that all stakeholders are involved, and also ensuring that we have uh, improved access to services in, <coughs> in areas. Actually, our focus is on the last mile delivery of services. Then we intend to support county and national government towards improving youth-friendly services uh, within uh, where services are provided, addressing the specific needs of young people. Then we intend to integrate working closely with the health system structures at national and county government, integrate programs, because you realize we're discussing about HIV AIDS, we're discussing about contraception, family planning, we're discussing about its impact on maternal health outcomes. So how can we integrate SRH services to be able to bring impact so that even as we, uh, as we monitor our, our strategy through the activities that we are doing, we're able to see impact in terms of those population-based indicators going down maternal mortalities and others. Then lastly, we work with governments, both as I've mentioned, both at the county level and the national level, just to address the SRA challenges that we've just discussed. Important to note is that we have come up with the innovative approaches as we're discussing issues of technology, such as the mobile health technologies. And uh, for Amref Health Africa in Kenya, we have a technology called Ask Doki WhatsApp chatbot. And here, it's a chatbot that seeks to uh, help young people reach out and uh, be able to assist to be assisted in terms of seeking information or uh, uh, regarding to services and can even refer you to health facilities or health where you're able to get these services uh, pronto. So in this WhatsApp chatbot, uh, I'll just want to highlight to listeners that you can just type a hi to plus 254 11 and you'll be able to interact with this Ask Doki WhatsApp chatbot, and it will guide you on issues of sexual reproductive health plus mental health, which is one uh, among those uh, key challenges that our young people face. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Please keep sending in your questions in just a bit. We are going to find out the positive <coughs> impact that it's having on our community and the future of Kenya. But for now, it is all about sexual reproductive health awareness week. So if you have questions, send it on the Fuse 984. It's one of my favorite songs of all time. ABBA is one of my favorite groups of all times. Oldies, goldies. Woo, we finally made it. But you know what? I'm doing something a little bit special because more questions are coming in. And this is an important conversation as it is Sexual Reproductive Health Awareness Week for happening on the 12th to the 16th of February. I do want to know what is the positive impact um, that this is going to have on our future as a society when it comes to sexual reproductive health awareness? Thank you. We are looking at a situation where majority of this country population is young people. So it is. it follows, therefore, that if we have an impact 
on the young people in this country, then we have a serious impact in our future. A positive impact today on matter sexual reproductive health will lead to positivity and growth in matters not only reproductive health, but economic and developmental impact moving forward. Why do we say that? If we are young people below the age of 18, for example, and we stick to school, and we stick to learning and appropriate um, education for that matter, we can be able to make positive decisions moving forward in the future. So if we are interrupted for whatever reason, say for example, economic interruptions or other interruptions that were unplanned, it will have an impact in our future. We specifically want to highlight that for the adolescents, we are looking forward to reach them where they are and with the appropriate information. We have booklets that we can be able to share with them. There's also a website, Ministry of Health website, that has all the appropriate policies, as much as there are uh, documents that are supposed to have impact for the nation. You as an individual need to read through it and see what you are entitled um, to get from the health system uh, with regards to Health for All, which is our vision. And we look forward to you visiting even the ministry at the county level because we all are looking forward to sharing one with another what the challenges are and how to meet the challenges where they exactly are. And uh, with regards to issues, for example, uh, persons who are not able to access education or persons who, for whatever reason, are unable to access health information. Uh, we are working with uh, social media influencers, champions, and even non-governmental organizations to put the right information on digital platforms that they will be able to access. So there are so many ways for you to reach the ministry and to get the appropriate information, and we are looking forward to interact one with another. I think it's really important that you mentioned the appropriate information because sometimes what hinders us in Kenya is not knowing our rights, not knowing uh, what is accessible to us. And I do love the fact that you mentioned that. Uh, what is the website that we can visit so we can read up and understand what we truly deserve when mm. it comes to our sexual reproductive health? Thank you. Ministry of Health Kenya should be able to give you access into a load of information. And where you need uh, to talk one-on-one -on -one with any individual, myself, you can reach out their numbers within uh, the Ministry of Health website, and we can be able to discuss whether with you or with the appropriate persons within the ministry at whichever level. I want to say that the ministry is accessible, and we are looking forward to providing equitable and um, health for all at whichever stage each of us is in. Fantastic. And when it comes uh, to Amrith Health Kenya, uh, Kennedy, you've already talked about the strategies. Maybe you can tell us how you're impacting and em empowering the people who are using some of these strategies uh, to go forward. Uh, thank you. So as I've mentioned, our focus is on uh, uh, transforming the health of communities through primary health care with a focus on uh, women and girls. So how we do this is that we work closely with the governments, both at the county and national uh, level, providing technical assistance to be able to facilitate and ensure that our strategy moves towards enshrining using the, those uh, pillars that I've just uh, outlined. But specifically for young women and, um, and girls, we ensure that we promote gender equitable norms 
through education community engagement programs. We also invest in um, uh, with partners, with other collaborative, having collaborative efforts with other stakeholders at the county and uh, and national levels, just to ensure that we are pushing the agenda of education and economic empowerment, so that we are able to ensure that women are at a level where they can be able to make decisions uh, uh, towards improving their general health. Then we also support and work closely with government in terms of ensuring that the policy frameworks that have been listed, what uh, Dr. Harris mentioned in their website, have been able to be accessed by healthcare providers and also the users of this policy uh, towards ensuring that it's uh, they're able to provide the services. And lastly, do not leave uh, boys and men. Uh, the fact that we are, our strategy is focused uh, absolutely on uh, women and uh, girls does not mean that we are isolating men. We are using a family-centered approach so that uh, uh, women, where there are women and uh, girls, we are using the men and uh, boys as allies in terms of uh, harnessing and uh, challenging those harmful gender norms and uh, behaviors in our societies and families. Thank you so Thank much you. for joining us and giving us the right information. Keep the conversation going as well. Just because it's from the 12th to the 16th, that is Sexual Reproductive Health Awareness Week, uh, it doesn't mean the conversation ends there. You have access and accessibility. We're going to have all of this information up on our SoundCloud, that is Capsule FM Kenya, so you don't miss an interview. And, of course, you can also get all the right numbers and information on our social media platforms, The Fuse 984. Keep the conversation going. For now, let's get the business news and then back to The Fuse.